The GOP might be chaotic, but at least they aren't sterilizing children. The Democrats are on the wrong side of history once again. I was part of a movement on the left that endlessly softened language to avoid offending a single person we deemed marginalized. What we couldn't say, what we had to say. The list just kept getting longer, the judgments more severe. That Trump is an existential threat, not for anything he's ever done, but for what he says is proof enough that this war we're fighting is a war of words. I'm not allowed to use the word sterilize, just like I'm not allowed to use the word mutilate to describe what's happening to thousands of young people all across this country. As though the words themselves are anywhere near as bad as the deeds they describe. I've realized lately that soft language often masks monstrosities we could not face otherwise. As George Carlin once said, I don't like words that hide the truth. I don't like words that conceal reality. I don't like euphemisms or euphemistic language. And American English is loaded with euphemisms because Americans have a lot of trouble dealing with reality. Americans have trouble facing the truth. So they invent a kind of a soft language to protect themselves from it. And it gets worse with every generation. For some reason, it just keeps getting worse. I'll give you an example of that. There's a condition in combat most people know about it. It's when a fighting person's nervous system has been stressed to its absolute peak and maximum, can't take any more input. The nervous system has either snapped or is about to snap. In the First World War, that condition was called shell shock. Simple, honest, direct language. Two syllables, shell shock. Almost sounds like the guns themselves. That was 70 years ago. Then a whole generation went by, and the Second World War came along, and we, the very same combat condition was called battle fatigue. Four syllables now. Takes a little longer to say. Doesn't seem to hurt as much. Fatigue is a nicer word than shock. Shell shock. Battle fatigue. <laughs> then we had the war in Korea, 1950. Madison Avenue was riding high by that time, and the very same combat condition was called operational exhaustion. <laughs> hey, we're up to eight syllables now. And the humanity has been squeezed completely out of the phrase. It's totally sterile now. Operational exhaustion. Sounds like something that might happen to your car. <laughs> then, of course, came the war in Vietnam, which has only been over for about 16 or 17 years. And thanks to the lies and deceit surrounding that war, I guess it's no surprise that the very same condition was called post-traumatic stress disorder. Still eight syllables, but we've added a hyphen. And the pain is completely buried under jargon. Post-traumatic stress disorder. I'll bet you if we'd have still been calling it shell shock, some of those Vietnam veterans might have gotten the attention they needed at the time. We need hard language. We need Churchills, not Chamberlains. We need war generals like Patton, who wasn't exactly a nice guy. Mark Milley would have said he suffered from white rage. I'm gonna have a yellow bastard sitting here crying in front of these brave men who've been wounded in battle. <laughs> Shut up! Don't admit this yellow bastard. Nothing wrong with him. We won't have sons of bitches who are afraid to fight stinking up this place of honor. You're going back to the front, my friend. 
You may get shot, and you may get killed, but you're going up to the fighting. Either that or I'm going to stand you up in front of a firing squad. I ought to shoot you myself, you goddamn bastard. Get him out of here! Send him up to the front! You hear me? You goddamn coward! But here we are now, facing down a once-in-a-generation medical scandal that will end in lawsuits, memoirs, and decades of judgment from future generations of how so many people could have gone along with a movement that amounts to mass sterilization of children. It's because it's all been neatly packaged in soft language to make us feel like we're doing something good for the most vulnerable among us. We feel good doing something good. Our language unites us across social media, and it's code for we're on the same tribe. Gender-affirming care sounds so positive, so nice, so kind, but it's really the kind of ideological mandates cults require. It masks what it ultimately means, lifelong, permanent, irreversible harm to young people who do not have the maturity to make those decisions. That it's gone this far is a failure of such epic proportions, someone will eventually have to take the blame for it, and that person must be Joe Biden. This scandal should be hung around his neck like a dead cat. The entire Democratic Party owns this one. So let's say it plainly. Bottom surgery is chemical and surgical castration. Top surgery is breast amputation. Many of those who undergo these procedures come out of it feeling mutilated. Puberty blockers mean a strong chance for loss of sexual function. Hormone therapy is untested medical experiments on children that often lead to sterilization. And recently we know it dramatically raises one's chances of heart disease. For podcast listeners, an article from The Telegraph, trans women taking hormones up to 95% more likely to suffer heart disease. Study found all transgender people taking gender-affirming hormones are at significantly increased risk from deadly conditions. Gender dysphoria, which was extremely rare until recently, was mostly a male condition when it existed at all. We called them transsexuals if they had surgery to become the opposite sex, or transvestites if they simply wanted to dress up in women's clothes. But it was unheard of among young girls until just a decade ago or so. Now it's increasing at an alarming rate with no signs of slowing down, at least not here in the U.S., Here are some stats from Reuters that only track up through 2021. You can imagine what they must be now. Top surgeries. 2019, 238. 2020, 256. 2021, 282. For children between the ages of 13 and 17. Hormone therapy between the ages of 6 and 17. 2017, 1,905. 2018, 2,391. 2019, 3,036. 2020, 3,163. 2021, 4,231. Puberty blockers. U.S. patients 6 through 17 with prior gender dysphoria diagnosis. 2017, 633. 2018, 759. 2019, 897. 2020, 1,101. 2021, 1,390. Diagnoses of youth with gender dysphoria surge between 
the ages of 6 through 17, 2017, 15,000, 2018, 18,000, 2019, 21,000, 2020, 24,000, 2021, 42,000. And of course, it's big business. For podcast listeners, a chart that shows the sex reassignment surgery market at $2.1 billion in 2022, and by 2030 estimated to be $11.2 billion. The right side of history. Courage is not for the soft, and the only courage on display once again is on the right. They have the stones and the fortitude to ban gender-affirming care in their states. For podcast listeners, a map of the United States with states that have banned the care of minors up until the age of 18. Now we're staring down the most dire situation where the GOP at the hands of MAGA is in disarray. The chaos in the House dominates the headlines. Every strategy by the Democrats employed in 2020 and 2022 is back again with a vengeance. As long as Trump is the emergency, they have full access to their emergency powers. But nothing the right has said or done is worse than what the Democrats have allowed on their watch. No matter what chaos erupted in the House or how many trials Trump faces, they're not castrating young men. They're not amputating the breasts off of young women, and they're not sterilizing children. This is the hard line that ends any argument. I see the nonstop headlines scaring voters against Trump. Then we see how someone like Matt Gates can give them exactly what they need to validate their ongoing demonization of MAGA. Now they have half the GOP turning on the other half. For podcast listeners, a tweet by Mark Levin that says, I'm tired of the freak show narcissists in a piece in Town Hall. So now we have the right attacking the right. That won't end well. That kind of division can easily hand more power to the Democrats, and they already have more power than they ever had. They see themselves still as the resistance, like Ukraine, and MAGA as the invaders, like Putin. That should worry all Americans, that they could go this far just to hold their power. But in the end, it doesn't matter. They're still the side sterilizing children just like they were the side that fought to keep slavery as a permanent institution in America. So keep that in perspective as we watch them deflect their failures onto the right. Hillary Clinton thinks MAGA is a cult and that its members must be deprogrammed, and clearly it's an idea that has been brewing on the left for quite some time, as this montage illustrates. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those MAGA extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump and when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. Terms being tossed around like deprogramming Trump followers. All of America needs deprogramming because we've all been negatively influenced by Donald Trump. Can't uh, sit down with people don't, that don't recognize there was an insurrection. Megan alluded the other day to the deprogramming that uh, Katie Couric talked about. Deprogramming that might work in other cases is um, it's obviously proven to be difficult. But many of them have allowed the lies really to seep into their soul and it's beginning to rot their minds. Taking it even a step further, Raskin told the New York Times that he's ordered books about cults and deprogramming to try to understand his Republican colleagues. 
are a couple accounts, libs of TikTok, a few, you know, really prominent anti-trans and sort of far-right activists who started to essentially make the argument that any exposure uh, to children about LGBT people uh, is automatically grooming. It seems to be emboldening anti-gay trolls. Explain how. Not just libs of TikTok, but this guy, James Lindsay, they would say, hey, there's going to be something at this library. You know, that they're going to read books. You know, a drag queen's going to come and read books. How do you fix it? How do you undo it? Well, at this point, you know, it's deprogramming. That's what we're being fed. People uh, of other races are out to get you. We accept that. We get fed that. And so when that doorbell rings or the basketball comes into your yard, your first response is to pull that gun. It's a it's a programming that's occurring. The deprogramming question is much tougher to answer. People have literally been brainwashed and it's scary by the myths and disinformation that is online, that is being the propaganda on Fox News. It is another epidemic that our country is facing. And until we really hold platforms accountable, until we really do some deprogramming. And anyone like him that says, uh, the press is the enemy of the people, that's what Hubbard would say. That's what Moon said. If you say this is a cult, What's the first step of deprogramming? The first step with anyone who's a true believer is contact with people uh, that are outside the bubble. I mean, I was just trying to engage in a little deprogramming. With all Here is a parody video of what that might look like. My name is Damon, and I'm about to get deprogrammed from the mega cult. I don't think Trump is racist. Okay, Trump is racist. I'm a man. Of course, I'm a man. <laughs> there are no genders. You know what? We need to build the wall. We need to build back better. No, I don't think that. I think all lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. But let's just say it was true, all of it, that MAGA was a cult and everyone is brainwashed. And it was a violent insurrection. At least they're not sterilizing children. Hard language, not soft. I'm tired of fence-sitters like Bill Maher, so consumed by his ego and his hatred of Trump, that he can only help puncture the life raft. Sorry, pal. All that means to me is that more children will be sterilized just because you can't stand Trump. If you are still voting for Democrats in 2024, then you're going along with it. So shut up about it, because you don't care enough to put your vote where your mouth is. You want to have it both ways. You don't want to be slammed by the cultural elite for being far right, but you understand how dangerous and destructive their policies are. But you'll still vote for Team Blue. To them, this is a holy war to make us all think the way they do, speak the way they do, believe what they believe. Gender-affirming care is its own kind of religious cult by now. Every child involved in it is love-bombed as though they were being indoctrinated into a fundamentalist sect. One can absolve oneself of the sins of heterosexuality, masculinity, or whiteness by proving one's allegiance to the cult. The farther they go, the more celebrated and cared for they are. Taking tea or testosterone takes them one step closer to the rapture, and all accompanying problems are ways to suffer for our collective sins. The bleeding, bone loss, hair growth, and pain are all part of the ritual. Breast scars are symbols of allegiance and devotion to the cult. Show them off and be proud taking this journey. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah.
transgender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You're understood. You are loved. And you belong. Yeah. Some of the bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. And I mean, I'm you're welcome. The good folks. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor, fans' rights of human rights. But for many of them, when their brains mature and the euphoria wears off and they're forced to live their lives as adult humans, they realize they now have to accept bodies hacked by those who should have protected them from permanent life-altering surgeries. Counselors, teachers, doctors, parents. I don't know what to do anymore. I am now 20 years old. I started medically transitioning at 16. I got a double mastectomy before I was on hormones. And then a few months later, I was put on testosterone. This isn't the solution. Destroying my body, my life. I, I was a teenager. I didn't know better. I was... I'm sad for myself, of course, but I'm sad for humanity and the children. I'm angry. What's going to happen to the kids and the youth? And there's so many, like, there's so many. When we get 30, 40-year-olds that are going to be like, what the f*** did I do when I was 16 or whatever, like... And you can't go back. I really, really hope that all these professionals get their friggin' karma because I know that some of them don't realize and some of them might be brainwashed and whatever, but some of them know exactly what they're doing. I really feel like some people in the trans community and the trans medicalists and the doctors really, really target the most vulnerable of us. I have borderline personality disorder, and I know for a fact that this is the reason for my transition. Um, it's a very difficult mental illness, and uh, one of the core features is not having any sense of self or identity, and um, my doctors knew this. I wasn't happy as a girl, so that meant I was a boy and I was trans. And so I I just um, took the cure that was handed to me. Um, I, I was told that I was being given a cure and I, I wouldn't want to kill myself anymore. Um, and it wasn't true. There are so many mental health disorders that make you hate your body. And the solution isn't to change your body, it's to fix your brain, you know? Um, I just don't want anyone else to ever feel this way. I lost my voice, I lost my chest. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to have kids. This is what happens when you give a woman testosterone this for five years. This is what happens, essentially. I got out of my haircut, um, because my hair was driving me nuts. 
and I shaved it because I'm tired of watching my hair thin out and it's less distressing if I shave it. So when I talk about being too far gone, not, I don't really know what else to call it. Um, this is what I mean. This is how deep my voice is. Um, <clears throat> it's gotten deeper over time and it's settled. Um, this is what I mean by hair loss. Um, and it just keeps getting worse, it keeps thinning, it keeps receding backwards. I've been off hormones slash detransitioning for a couple of years. I'm not crying and blaming them for my decisions because I was a legal adult. I was a, I was a legal adult when I made these decisions. I knew that my voice would be permanently altered. I knew that I would permanently grow facial hair which I still do, you can't really see it right now because I pluck my face, literally, these tweezers are in my car all the time because on my brakes, I pluck my face. Now, my issue with this is that they're allowing these things to happen to children. Children who can't drive. Children who are not old enough to buy alcohol because their brains aren't, like, they're not mature enough to do that. Why are we allowing this to happen to children? I would have been so much further along in my transition before, like, if I would have started that young. And I, I'm detransitioning, so that would not have worked out the way that I thought it would work out whenever I was that age. A lot of people... This young man had his testicles surgically removed, otherwise known as castration. But after the orchiectomy, I just, I got so depressed from having zero testosterone in my body. Like, it was already suppressed so long for so low, uh, so low for so long uh, with the Lupron and everything. But actually getting the gonads removed just changes you, like, mentally and internally. Um, I had no energy. I was depressed more than I ever was in my entire life. I was suicidal every day. Um, I, I couldn't remember anything. Like I, I was, I'd be having conversations with the people and I'd have to ask them like what we were talking about. And it was ridiculous. Um, and then finally I went to a urologist and I asked him for testosterone. Um, and this was even before I decided fully to detransition and he gave it to me. He prescribed it to me and I, I, I took it and I mean, on day two or three, I felt incredible. I felt the best I've ever felt. Like I was energized, I was alive again. I was alert, I felt like I came back online. And I just, just knowing that I could have always been this way for the past five years of my life is just very depressing because I spent my entire teen years doing nothing. Like actually nothing, just cause I was, so depressed. I was just rotting in bed watching the seasons change out of my window. Hmm. Or the season finale of Lost over and over again because you keep on forgetting what they're, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. It was so bad. I'd have to re I'd have to restart movies, shows. I'd have to, like, rewind YouTube videos. It was... The, the brain fog was terrible. I mean, like, everyone talks about it, but I just got it so bad. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but as, as soon as, like, I got the testosterone, it was just like... Phew, like relieved just off my brain and what did that make you th rethink how did that make you or feed into rethinking transition when i when i had gotten on the testosterone gel after the orchiectomy i had already started rethinking stuff like surgery really does just wake you up um and i i was like oh this isn't right i shouldn't be on full estrogen i need a little bit of testosterone in my body and then i did the testosterone for like a day or two with the estrogen and I just quit the estrogen completely. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing any, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not coping and I'm not reeling myself back into this every single time I have a thought that I should just be a man, you know, cause I am a man, but, um, vote blue, no matter who I know how we got here. I helped get us here. 
I am straight out of central casting of the exact kind of person, kind of Democrat, kind of mother that got us into this mess. I was a child of the counterculture revolution. We watched Oprah every day at three and marinated in all manner of abuse, domestic, child, and elder. Our bad childhoods meant we were now suffering. But when Oprah didn't work, we turned to therapy. When that didn't work, we turned to Big Pharma. We'll fix you, they promised. It's not your childhood or the world around you. It's your broken brain. Then we tried to become perfect parents, raising perfect kids. And if anything wasn't perfect, we turned again to Big Pharma to fix our children's broken brains. I never took drugs and neither did my daughter, but it was by far the norm and not the exception. Never in all those years raising my daughter in the most progressive public school district in Los Angeles, LAUSD, did gender ever come up. It would never have, because we believed in girl power and we didn't mind feminine boys. There were plenty of gay parents and we all accepted them too. That was what we called tolerance. But decades later, it has become a full-blown religion with no separation of church and state. In Los Angeles now, my daughter's former school district is rolling out National Coming Out Day at public elementary schools. It isn't enough that they fly the pride flag alongside the U.S. flag for the entire month of June. For podcast listeners, a headline, L.A. elementary schools to celebrate National Coming Out Day with week of LGBTQ plus lessons. This bizarre cult-like seminar foisted upon kids in ways that would make Scientology blush insists on teaching them to separate and define themselves and in fact rank themselves by category. Quote, the toolkit suggests students engage in a gallery walk of everyone's identity map and respond to writing prompts like, who am I? What did I learn about my identity? What were some of your identities that were the same or different than your classmates? Teachers are also told to share images of the students' maps with the district. End quote. They're dragging out Jazz Jennings to talk to kids, someone whose life has been ruined by this madness and is now attempting to seduce and lure more children into it, pretending it's all flowers and rainbows. Here is Ben Shapiro reporting on Jazz Jennings. Well, folks, Jazz Jennings is a very, very famous transgender person. In fact, Jazz Jennings is the face of the transgender movement beginning at about the age of four years old. Jazz Jennings' story is one of the, it's one of the saddest stories you will ever hear, and it really rips the mask off the evils of the transgender propaganda movement. I feel kind of all over the place, and like my mind is very cluttered and not clear. And I really want to have that clarity. I really want to understand myself and be able to read my own soul and what I want. And it's just very challenging. And I think I'm kind of breaking down a little bit and spiraling into negativity. I just want to feel like myself. This is incredibly like, sad. It. It's incredibly care. sad stuff. You know where this incredibly sad stuff came from? Me, and I don't feel like me ever. All I want to feel is like me and happy. This is incredibly sad stuff. You know why this incredibly sad stuff happened? Well, we have one more clip from I Am Jazz. This is of Jazz's mom. Jazz's mom talking about the wonders of transgender operations and surgery and what it takes to maintain transgender operations. You know, the part that you're not supposed to talk about out loud, but ended up on TV. Anyway, here's Jazz Jennings, the, the ideal mom, making, as Barbara Walt said, the brave decision, the very brave decision to transition children when they are very young. Here is, um, here's Jazz Jennings' mother explaining what Jazz Jennings' mom had to do to maintain a neo-vagina for her son. But with her, I'm worried about, like, her mental well-being, 
and her dilation. The minute she leaves my house, we have a dilation problem. That is a concern. When you don't have that watchful eye, they tend to go back to old patterns. I have woken Jazz out of a dead sleep and taken the dilator and put the lubrication on it and said, here, you take this and you put it in your vagina. If not, I will. But Jazz is bad, even when I'm home once a day. I will be so mad if she goes away to college and that thing seals up. I will wring her neck. Can you imagine? No, I can't Jez Jennings is a biological male in his 20s and has never had an orgasm. Not only that, but must also dilate the manufactured false female organ every day, or it will close up. Will they tell the children that? Elliot Page, formerly Ellen Page, waited until adulthood to transition, but is now helping to sell to children the concept that they're ready for all of this. What is the point here other than indoctrination? Parents are left twisting in the wind, as Dr. Miriam Grossman tells Megan Kelly. Uh, so these parents go through the shock and the trauma of realizing that their child uh, has come under the influence of outsiders who do not necessarily have their well-being uh, at the forefront of their minds. These are groomers. And these are crusaders who want to promote this belief system uh, in order to change our society and in order mm. to eliminate the categories of male and female. So the parents come to this realization, some of them, um, and they begin to search for support in in you know in, in their position because. If you, Megan, if you Google, if a parent goes online after their child has made this announcement and request for a new name and pronouns and hormones, um, and the parent sits down and Googles parents support trans child, something like that, all the organizations that are going to come up there are going to be the affirming ones, the ones that tell the parents, put your child in the driver's seat. Your child knows better than anybody else who they truly are. And even though it may be difficult for you, this is for your child's welfare. The only path that they have toward a happy and adjusted life is if they are affirmed by everyone around them. We need an escape ramp for parents who want to rescue themselves and their children modeled after domestic violence shelters. They need a way to separate them from the online fantasy world, the cult, and away from systems that affirm this fast-moving social contagion. Language got us into this mess, and language will get us out of it. Don't despair. We're fighting on the right side of history, and for that, we will be rewarded one day. Just don't fall for the rat effers who want to divide the party. Trump, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, even the neocons like Nikki Haley and Mike Pence are all fighting on the same side. Let's try to remember that. This is a once-in-a-generation opportunity to save countless children from living lives of misery and regret. Let's not blow it now. Think Patton. Think Churchill. Failure is not an option. But at the end of the day, Democrats and never-Trumpers, you are the ones who will have to defend your cowardice in the face of this scandal. You will have to explain why you remained silent and went along with something you knew was wrong.
So go ahead and call us bigots, transphobes, MAGA extremists, viciously attack people like Matt Gates, Steve Bannon, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Dave Chappelle, Bill Maher, Megyn Kelly, Helen Joyce, or me. Call us whatever you want. Destroy our lives all you want. At least we're not sterilizing children. Thank you for listening to this Substack, sashastone.substack.com. And remember, to thine own self, be true. Don't you know